pine sweat, drought, sweltering, wet heat, starchy motel pillowcase under his cheek, hair stuck to his neck, soft all up his front. Sam told himself he was still asleep. He burrowed down, tucking his face against the warmth in front of him. There was something soft, hard cottony under his left hand, and his fingers grasped at it aimlessly, sweat rolling down the crease of his nose, soft all the way against his belly and the front of his thighs, hot to the touch, hand on a stove. Sleepy and comfortable and nice, familiar. He turned his face in towards the dark, soft, and sweat wet. A hand covered his own, fingers slotted between his and lifted. A voice, somewhere between tense and amused. Every time, dude. Oh, God, Sam said into the back of Dean's neck. He let Dean go and rolled onto his back, only half awake. The sheets were tangled between them, damp with sweat, and the room was like a furnace. Gotta get you a... Dean made a chopping motion with his hand. Barrier. Sneeze guard. Shut up. The few times their circumstances had forced them to share a bed in recent months, not often, but not never, Sam ended up pressed behind Dean in the morning. Dean had gotten good at laughing it off. He rolled out of bed, whipping the back of his neck where Sam's face had been. This dry spell shit's gotta go, man. It's not that. Well, you're not doing it for warmth. It was almost more embarrassing that it had nothing to do with his dry spell. He hadn't been with anyone since Ruby, but he hadn't wanted to. Sex felt like a distant memory, something that happened to other people. He didn't know why they kept waking up spooning, but it was new enough to be novel. He used to end up half off the far side of the bed when he and Dean had to share. The phrase touch-starved came to him and was quickly shoved away. At least he wasn't hard. Dean went into the bathroom and Sam got dressed in the same clothes as yesterday, the only ones he had, which were sour and unwashed. It was seven in the morning and the room was already hot, or still hot, even with the windows open. They would boil in the forest. Sam remembered the details of the trip only vaguely from his first time in 1996. Shitty lean-tos made of sticks, no real gear, Dean's Zippo and Flint and banging rocks together. Sleeping on a bed of leaves and getting hives, getting heat stroke and dehydration worse than anything he'd ever felt. Shirts torn up to make bandages for cuts and scrapes. And all of it had been rendered useless by the final, worthless end. Whether the kids were annoying or not, he couldn't let himself go through that again. At the same time, he worried that if this was real, he'd be someone different if that horrible couple of days on the mountain had gone differently. It gave the college fire some kindling, but it also as much as any of his 13 years before it, inextricably linked him to Dean. You and me against the world found a big stronghold in Oak Run. They left the motel and checked out, nothing to pack. Dean kept looking around for his duffel and remembering he didn't have it. The money they made off the suckers at the bar last night was enough to afford them a couple coffees from the town's one restaurant before they took the long, winding walk down the highway's gravel shoulder towards the kids' bungalow. 
Do you remember if Dad left us the car? Dean asked. Sam took a sip of his watery, bitter coffee as another car passed them on the highway. If he didn't, we're hopping the bus to Reading. You can't get camping gear out here. Dean made an ugh sound. The only thing worse than taking the bus is taking the bus with kids. You make it sound like they're, we're, whatever. Like they're five. They're teenagers. Yeah, that's kids. Dean shook his head. We can't give ourselves away. No knowing them, no mind reading. They'll put it together if they haven't already. It was 20 minutes to the house. The yard appeared around a final curve of the road, lost in the trees, the rusted-out station wagon marking the spot. As they got closer, they spotted the boys. Sam sitting in a plastic lawn chair, Dean in the grass a few feet away. Dean was leaned back on his hands. Sam was slumped down, and they were talking quietly. Both of them had wet hair. They didn't acknowledge them, but Sam saw his younger self notice them approach and nudge Dean's knee with his foot. Sam and Dean went up to the edge of the property and stopped. Dean raised a hand at the boys in greeting. Morning. Young Dean turned around in the grass, still seated, and fixed them with an unimpressed look. He was wearing a different black shirt than yesterday, some image on the front that was too cracked and faded to make out, in the same jeans. Sam was in gym shorts again, and a giant white t-shirt that nearly covered them. His knobbly knees were scruffed up. Sam remembered always being mildly damaged at that age. Hello. The little Sam said first. Sammy. He waved them over, so they headed across the dead, weedy lawn. Sam thought it was a bizarre thing to note, but he was an alright-looking kid. He'd felt like Gollum at the time. Bony, hunched, and pale. It didn't help that Dean looked like a tiger beat centerfold. Even with the clarity of age, that part hadn't changed, and Sam felt an involuntary, ancient stab of jealousy looking at 17-year-old Dean. Bright, glassy skin, freckles, bone structure, that mouth. Sam wasn't as ugly as he remembered being, but he still might as well have been from a different planet than Dean. There was a long silence. What the hell did you say to two teenagers? To yourself? Dean cleared his throat. We, um, better go into town to get some gear first. Water. Tense. His younger self opened his mouth and Dean pointed at him. No, you can't just make shelters out of logs. That shit doesn't work. You're bringing a pack. We know how to do survivalist stuff. Our dad taught us. I'm sure he did, but it's going to be a million degrees up there and you need all the help you can get. It's far, right? The town in crisis? The kid nodded. Up in the mountains, no roads. Right, so, we know how this goes. Again, heat stroke, hives, you fuck it up. The kid scowled, clearly not fully believing him through the veil of his teenage hubris. Whatever. Sam was looking at himself. Little him was much less obstinate than little Dean, listening carefully from the cracked plastic lawn chair, looking from him to Dean and back. 
not to pump his own tires, but if anyone was going to catch them in their lie, Sam was pretty sure it would be him. He remembered what he was like back then with his obsessive watching, cataloging, listening, hungry for everything he could get his hands on. Hey, Dean said, his Dean, breaking Sam's reverie. Your dad left the car. Yeah, he took the truck. Young Dean stood, brushing dead grass from his jeans. He had a knife at his belt that Sam hadn't noticed before. A fixed blade, more ostentatious than the folding knife Dean carried now. You want to go into Reading? Not a lot of other options. They headed for the car without locking up the house. Sam walked behind his younger self. The kid reached the top of his chest, maybe 5'7". Tall for 13, but all height, no mass. The younger Dean was 5'10", give or take, just under his chin. Seeing both Deans next to each other, the difference wasn't so much about height as it was build. The younger's boyish slenderness next to the older's brawn. Their faces had already started to match, but only if you were looking for it. He hoped. He was too caught up to notice his Dean going for the driver's side door. He reached out to grab his arm, but not before the younger Dean stepped forwards and blocked him bodily from reaching the handle. Are you trying to drive my car? He said it like Dean had pulled a knife on him or vomited into his mouth, pure vitriol and disgust. Uh. Get in the back. He snapped. Sammy. He jerked his head to the passenger seat. Sammy rolled his eyes and went around to the other side but not before he gave both men a sorry about my brother look that Sam had never been on the receiving end of. His heart twisted up in his chest. They didn't talk on the drive, walking with their teenage selves through a deserted sporting goods store in the middle of the morning on a weekday was even more awkward. The kids walked in front of them, two by two, but the younger Dean kept turning around to look at them. The paranoia, which was pretty reasonable on its own, when two giant strangers told you they were time travelers, made him seem twitchy and jumpy, not at all the try-hard, cool guy Sam remembered. Sam kept smiling at him without meaning to, which definitely didn't help things. The older Dean was pushing the cart. They'd gotten four backpacks, two tents and a compass, rations, water purifying and electrolyte tablets, and other miscellany. They also got a set of walkie-talkies, on Dean's giddy request. Dean's giddiness increased when Sam put four jugs of kerosene into the cart. We get to burn it? Sam shrugged. A boreal demigod? It's the only way. The kids turned around, listening. The younger Dean said, Sounds easy enough. The trick is going to be getting close enough. They're nasty little things. They both nodded seriously and went up ahead again, talking quietly to each other as they browsed the aisles. After a while, the younger Sam dropped back to stand next to them when they stopped to look at medical supplies. What's the future like? He asked quietly. His eyes were on his brother, looking up at the shelves some paces away. Dean doesn't want to ask, but... Dean said, Pass. I'm not going to be responsible for breaking your brain. He had a specific lilt to his voice that came out when he talked to kids, the scared sons and daughters of victims. Sam knew Dean liked kids, 
or at least was good with them, but it was still always weirdly touching to see it in action. It doesn't have to be big, Sammy tried. At the end of the aisle, the younger Dean brandished an overstuffed vinyl med kit at him. Sam, I don't care, Sammy called back. They're from the future. Don't you want to know? Keep your voice down, and you sound like a nut job. He lowered his own voice. And you're going to rip a hole in reality. It doesn't work like that. Like you know how it works, bitch. Sam glanced at the older Dean and was completely unsurprised to see him affected. He watched the two kids with an amused tilt to his mouth, neck deep in nostalgia and so obviously fond. The drive back was just as quiet. Once in a while, Sammy would turn around from the front seat to ask something, and they'd give him a half answer. Who's president? Is it hotter all the time? What does gas cost? What do cars look like? They didn't talk about much other than the future, and Sam answered only the vaguest of questions. Back at the house, the boys gathered some things into their packs, and Sam took the opportunity to have one last shower before they headed out. The water pressure was awful, and he had to duck under the spray. He wasn't eager to have time alone with his thoughts and lathered up quickly. This whole thing didn't feel real. There was too much they didn't know. He considered the possibility that it wasn't real at all. Computer and simulation. He couldn't think about what they left in 2009. Whether time was continuing on there without them, or if it had stopped. Or if there were a parallel Sam and Dean who had taken their places. It was either very good or very bad that he didn't feel his memories being rewritten as time went on. He still remembered it being just him and Dean in the forest when he was 13. No mysterious hunters to speak of. He didn't know what that meant. He rinsed, shut off the shower and dried off with a thin, scratchy towel. When he picked up his clothes to put them back on, he stopped and frowned at the smell. Dean was likely in the same boat. Maybe they had time for laundry. He wrapped the towel around his waist and stepped out into the hall. Dean? He meant his Dean, not thinking, but it was the younger one who stepped out of a bedroom across the hall with a balled-up sock in his hand. The kid froze. His eyes skittered over Sam's bare chest, lingering on the tattoo, and then lower. His abs and lower still. So quick, Sam wouldn't have noticed it if he didn't stand there for a few excruciating seconds afterwards with his mouth open. Uh. It took Sam a second because he knew what he looked like. He wasn't full of himself. He just worked hard for his body, and people noticed that. Sometimes teenagers noticed it. Groups of girls tittering at diners, or, more rarely, some young guy who let his eyes drift. It wasn't a rare occurrence, easy to laugh off and maybe a little flattering. Still, given the circumstances, he fought the urge to fold an arm over his chest, like a girl hiding her tits. Clothes? He said quickly. My stuff reeks. I thought you'd have something. The kid got his faculties back. He looked at Sam like he was stupid. You're like three sizes bigger than me. Sam winced. Your dad? Dean rolled his eyes and disappeared into another bedroom, then came back with a faded olive t-shirt with USMC 
printed small over one side of the chest that Sam remembered John wearing into the ground. It was less battered than when he last saw it. Dean handed it to him. You're not getting underwear, he added. Freak. It was spoken without the fondness he was used to hearing in Dean's jabs, but before he could process it, the kid was back in his bedroom. Sam retreated into the bathroom to change. The clean t-shirt was better than nothing, and it was only a little tight across the shoulders. When he went out into the living room, he found the older Dean at the table, sharpening their new knives. He stood in the doorway and watched, either unnoticed or not worth looking up for, and wondered. He tried to remember if he'd ever seen Dean's eyes wander, never caught him looking at some guy when he thought he was alone. Recently, no, but he couldn't say for sure about their childhood. It wouldn't be that much of a stretch. All the more reason to keep who they were a secret. Teen Dean would be mortified if he found out. The striking out was strangely unceremonious, probably because the boys didn't know what they were getting into. All of them in the clothes they had on and backpacks of varying sizes, Sammy holding the map and compass, the sweltering late afternoon heat, like a fifth presence surrounding them. Dean remembered the trailhead without being told. The boys didn't comment on it if they noticed. They crunched through the hard-packed trail, falling into their natural two-by-two formation. If Sam remembered right, it started as a hiking trail for a while before it veered off into the darker stuff. The trees provided some blessed shade, cool for a moment as they passed under them and scorching when they didn't. Ahead of them, young Dean spoke up without turning around. Rule number one, he started, holding up a finger. Neither of you are ever alone with Sam. Sammy punched him in the arm. Shut up, you're so awkward. Don't care. Dean looked over his shoulder at the men behind him. I don't trust you, and we don't know you, and I don't believe you for a second about that single bed. Dean groaned. I'm not listening to this. Young Dean ignored him. Two, you have to tell us stuff about the future if it's going to get us killed or whatever. You said we fuck up, which, sure, whatever, but you're not going to let us fuck up again. Understand? Sure, Sam offered. The lack of resistance was an olive branch. The kid hadn't so much as glanced at him since their bathroom moment. The boys went quiet, sneakers crunching. One of the buckles on Sammy's backpack had a squeak to it, and it creaked as they walked. The younger Dean looked over at him. Anything else? Sammy looked back at them over his shoulder. You also have to tell us about future stuff, even if it's not life or death, because I want to know. Sammy, it's fair. We're letting them in on the hunt. We get something back. I want to know. Nobody argued with that. Sam gave Dean a look and got a wordless sure in response, a flicker of the eyelids. It wouldn't be easy to keep their story straight if the boys asked too many personal questions, but the kid didn't seem interested in them as people. He wanted big picture stuff, future facts. Before that, Sam interrupted and Sammy's mouth snapped shut around whatever he was going to launch into asking. Remind me what you already know about the case. We've got to get you up to speed. Sammy turned around to walk backwards so he could see them. 
There's a weird place without a name up near that mountain right by here that you can't get to by roads. And two weeks ago, a guy stumbled down to the highway insane and covered in boils and saying some crazy magic lady was taking over his town. He said it like he was recounting the plot of his favorite movie, all fast and excited and rambling. Sam glanced over at Dean, and he was watching the kid, unbearably fond. Again, it was kind of touching. And, Sammy went on, Dad didn't want to go, so... Dad couldn't go, his brother cut in. It's not like he didn't want to. It's a tiny settlement of Mormon freaks up there, and the chimera in the canyons on all the trails. It's already mauled a dozen people. He can't be everywhere. Sammy rolled his eyes. Sam knew the feeling well. Does your dad know you're taking the case? Sam asked, knowing the answer. No, Sammy said slowly. Not exactly. He called another guy, but the guy couldn't make it. So he just left. He tried calling around, but nobody took it. He said he'd go up when he's back. The chimera won't take him more than a week. It would take three. He'd almost lose an arm. But you two thought you could take it on yourselves. Sammy looked embarrassed. Well, it's not a forest nymph, so I guess not. The younger Dean turned around to look at the two older men, scowling. If you two are so fucking smart, tell us why it's a demigod and not a nymph, because a nymph fits the guy's description pretty well. Some woodland bitch making everyone fuck and fight each other sounds like a nymph to me. You're not thinking big enough, Sam explained. He held his hands out wider than his shoulders, mapping out a rough sphere. Demigods have this area of effect. It changes as you go in, and it gets worse. We're already in one. Can you tell? Sammy spun back around to walk forwards, hopping over a tree root. He ran up ahead, slowed, and started walking backwards again. The weather? He said finally. Sam smiled at him. Yeah, the heat. It's hot here, but not like this. Oak runs in the orbit, and it's gotten hotter since we set out, right? I guess. It has. The effects grow and get different as you go towards it. Young Dean turned around and started walking backwards next to Sammy. Different how? You said you thought it was a forest nymph, right? How'd the guy describe her? Like a hot, bossy, stacked chick made out of wood. Dean snorted back a laugh. Sam ignored him. Okay, so... I'd be willing to bet she's in a category of Earth-based demigods, since heat is the first area. And it's heat like the temperature, but also heat like anger, I guess. Heated. Makes people on edge. Easier to snap. And animals get weird. Weird? Young Dean asked. Sam hesitated. Well, heat. Great. So on top of sweating our balls off, we gotta try not to get fucked by Yogi Bear. So, Sam cut in, ignoring him. If heat's the first circle, the second one's gonna be... People call it drought. You stop wanting to eat or drink. That was as far as he and Dean had gotten the first time through. 
The whole story was that he got heat stroke when they stopped wanting to hydrate, because they hadn't known what to expect. Dean abandoned the hunt and carried him back down the mountain. What's after that? Sammy asked warily. This part, Sam knew from research. They'd never taken on anything identical, but after they learned the truth about what got them as kids, Sam spent weeks reading about every demigod encounter in recorded history. He didn't think it would ever come in handy. They were rare beings. Uh, the academic word for it is desire. You. He debated his word choice. They were teenagers. They knew what sex was. It makes you horny, apparently. Both kids looked mildly alarmed. Sam turned back around after a second and walked forwards, but Dean kept walking backwards to look at them. He slowed. Uh, like a sex pollen? No, no, not that bad, not a rapey, just... Okay, back up. Now you're super not allowed to be alone with Sam. The younger Sam smacked his brother on the arm, clearly mortified. D. Sam raised his hands. It's not like that. It's not like I'm making this up. Sure. You got a windowless van parked up here somewhere? It's a boreal demigod. Look it up. You just get horny. You don't do anything about it unless you want to. It's just the feeling, not the compulsion. If you, like, Older Dean said, You can stop talking. Right, okay. It's not that bad, Dean added. Forest gods want to party. It's a party thing. The last one's intoxication. It's like you're high or drunk, kind of. Sam couldn't decipher the look on the younger Dean's face. It was a kind of hopeless distaste. And they probably stack, right? He asked. So wherever she is, people fuck and fight each other to death? Yeah, while burning to a crisp, Sam added. And being stoned, Dean added. Young Dean shook his head and turned back around. He was quiet for a while, but Sam didn't miss the quick check-in nod he gave his brother. A wordless, hey, we'll talk. It hadn't changed much in 13 years. So, you're taking us to Bacchus's fuck town to fight an ancient milf, young Dean said. Dean said, no, you're taking us. We're just making sure you don't die. The other Dean glanced at Sam again. Did we die the first time? No, but everyone else did. The settlement was only a dozen people, but it was still true. No other hunter made it up before everyone succumbed to frenzied heat exhaustion. It was easily one of their highest botched hunt body counts to date and certainly their first. All four of them went quiet again. Sam tucked his hair behind his ears, sweating fiercely, feet already aching in his boots. Would have liked to know all about this ship before we said yes. Young Dean grumbled. Dean asked, Would it have changed your mind? After a beat, Sammy answered, No. They walked all day, left the trail and crunched through the spiky, leafy underbrush, scuffed calves and aching feet, 
following Little Sam's map and compass. They stopped when dusk fell after finding a clearing big enough to camp in, up the bank from a trickling creek. Sam took off his pack and stretched his arms over his head, bending to work out his shoulders. Relief poured through his body at the lifted weight and freedom of movement. When he put his arms down, he caught Teen Dean looking at him again from a few paces away. His big green eyes were fixed somewhere south of Sam's face. And again, just like in the hallway back at the house, he looked away with thinly veiled panic the second he'd been caught. Sam watched him for a while afterwards. The kid busied himself with going through his pack, standing up to get something and then turning around again. Awkward. He looked so much like the Dean that Sam remembered, but in some ways he was unrecognizable through the lens of adulthood. So nervy and unsure. He'd never known Dean to be unsure, but he'd only ever seen Dean in a certain light. He wore a mask and... Sam was realizing, Dean had always made sure that mask was perfect for him, so he couldn't rule out the possibility that there was another Dean he didn't know back then, one who actually got to be young sometimes, the kid who got shy overlooking at grown-up men with big arms. He looked over his shoulder at Dean, regular Dean, thirty and stubbled and scarred. It didn't seem possible. When did he get over it? Hattie? Dean turned around and caught him looking. He didn't seem to think anything of it. His eyes slid away towards where the kids were getting their tents out. Hey, go get firewood. We eat first. They both frowned at him. We can just... You're not eating cold beans. It's demoralizing. Rule three. Hot meals while we've got them, even if we're tired. Young Dean rolled his eyes and threw his tent pegs down. You sound like our dad. Well, your dad's a smart guy. The kids grudgingly left their stuff and headed off into the woods, came back dragging a big dead tree together, then left to find kindling. Dean used one of the larger logs as a block to split up the tree with a cheap hatchet he kept strapped to his backpack. Sam unfolded the canvas of their tent and kept one idle eye on Dean. With the sun going down, it was finally halfway comfortable, minus the bugs that were loud in the air around them. Sam rarely got bitten. They didn't like his blood. Dean got eaten alive. Still doesn't feel real, Sam said, low enough that the kids wouldn't hear. I keep forgetting who they are. And then I'll remember and just... Yeah, it's insane. Dean chuckled. He brought the hatchet down and cracked a dry bow in two. I forgot how much you talked. Fucking chatterbox. Whatever, you love it. Dean didn't confirm or deny that. He added the wood to the split pile, then glanced over at Sam with another in his hand. Weird to see you in Dad's shirt. Yeah, sorry. I wanted to back up. And you didn't think I would? My bad. We can share. Pass. He swept buckets. Sam shuffled around to lay out the canvas of their tent, a cheap, lightweight thing they could stuff into one of their bags. It was a garish orange and hardly big enough for two, but they'd slept in worse. He looked down at his, John's, 
faded USMC shirt and remembered what happened back at the house. The way the kid's eyes dropped to the front of his towel. The way the kid's eyes were Dean's eyes. No sign of either of the boys, just the faint sounds of them talking somewhere far off, twigs snapping, leaves brushing. If he knew them, and he did, they were dicking around in the creek, shooting the shit and working things out, eager for the time away from grown-ups. Sam cleared his throat. He sat back on his haunches in the dirt, flipping a tent peg around in his hands. So, hey. Dean cut him off. Don't even start. Start what? You get this tone when you're going to say something I won't like. Say it or don't, but get it over with. He'd forgotten, with how rocky things had been between them, that Dean still knew him better than anyone. Maybe it should have been annoying, but he found it almost sweet. Okay, um, did you ever have a... He smacked his lips, trying to find some tact. Experimental phase? Dean turned around, slow and dramatic. He stuck the hatchet into the stump. What are you talking about? Now or never, Sam took a deep breath. He, by which I mean you, have been staring. At me. Kind of a lot. Wow. Dean laughed mirthlessly, shaking his head. That's real nice, Sam. Thanks. What's wrong with you? I'm just asking. It's fine if you did. It's not like he knows it's me. You're not... He's sizing you up. You're like 12 feet tall. He's strategizing. It's an alpha male thing. Sam thought about how quickly the kid had looked away. The flicker of fluttery guilt. How far up his eyes had to get before they got to his face. It wasn't something you mistook. It's not that kind of look. He tried. Oh. And you'd know? Yeah, pretty much. It happens. Dean scoffed and shook his head again. He yanked the hatchet out of the stump and set up another log. Wow. I liked you better when you were 90 pounds soaking wet. Those pecs make you a narcissist. He hefted the hatchet up and brought it down, splitting the log with a neat snick. I didn't, and he's not. Okay? You, Dean snapped. Trust me, all he's thinking about is keeping his brother safe from the two big, weird strangers. That's it. All right, sorry. Cool. Fine. Dean focused on the last of his chopping with unwavering dedication while Sam assembled their tent without paying attention to it at all. He was watching Dean, who was still tense all over. His anger seemed to come out of nowhere. Sam would have bet money that Dean would laugh it off or have some kind of over-the-top indignation at the thought of it. A haughty, I don't swing that way. But this seemed like genuine discomfort. Like the genuine discomfort that came from a struck chord. Or else it was just the heat. Everything on edge. Right up under the surface. It's okay. Sam said into the silence. It wouldn't be a big deal. If you weren't the guys back then. Or, yeah, I wouldn't care. Dean jammed the hatchet into his splitting log again with more violence than last time. He turned around and his face was tight with annoyance. 
but Sam thought he could see a sliver of his younger self's blushy guilt. It was hard to tell. This guy was very 30, had been to hell, and was rarely charmed by Sam's well-meaning wheedling. Glad I've got your blessing. Dean bit out. Are we done here? Hey, we're done. Put up the fucking tent. Sam put up the fucking tent. The boys came back, scuffed calves and dirty jeans, and put up their own tent. Dean heated up beans in his small carbon steel pan, and they went to bed. Dean never fully detensed. Sam slept fitfully in their hot, shitty tent, shoulders bumping Dean's all night, and woke up alone. In an embarrassing, half-asleep flicker, he was disappointed that he hadn't woken up pressed behind Dean again. Having something to laugh about might have been a bomb over yesterday's spat. Dean's bedroll and the thin jersey sheet they shared were still faintly warm, washed in bright orange from the garish glow of the canvas. He heard movement outside and sat up. He was in his shirt and boxers. Neither of them could bear to sleep in more than strictly necessary with this kind of heat, but they both kept their shirts on out of some mindless masculine habit in the close quarters. He wondered what the boys had slept in and if they fared any better with the heat. He shuffled to the front of the tent and unzipped it. Everything was perfectly quiet in the early morning. A bit before true dawn, watery and blue-gray, and still cool. He stuck his head out just in time to watch his younger self curl out of the other tent. He was wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Navy blue, swishy gym shorts and a big shirt. And his hair was all stuck up on one side. Sam watched him stand and look around, then spot Dean, the older one, crouched down washing his face by the creek. The sky was still pink where it peeked through the trees, and the scene of it was beautiful. A rugged, shirtless guy down by the crystal stream, jeans slung low on his hips, washing up at dawn like something out of an old western. Their camp was up on a small plateau, with the creek running a foot or so below. Little Sam went up to the edge of the ridge and looked down at Dean, who turned and gave him a surprisingly real smile. Sammy went down the slope to meet him and said some quiet good morning. Dean turned as he spoke, away from the creek. They talked about something Sam couldn't hear. Dean seemed more amicable than he was the day before, and Sam knew that had something to do with how the other Dean wasn't there. There was no one to posture for, just an extra little brother whom he loved, the kid he raised. But Dean had his shirt off. He'd been washing in the creek. From the tent, Sam spotted his amulet, laying so innocently in the center of his chest. Sam scrambled up and out of the tent, barefoot and clumsy, and in his underwear. He watched the rest in slow motion. Sammy spotted the amulet. He was pointing at it, and Dean said something back, gesturing no with his hands, but it was too late. Sammy screamed, Dean! It was downright impressive how quickly the younger Dean rocketed out of that tent, and Sam couldn't help but feel a pang of affection and weird gratitude watching it. The kid still slept in his jeans, no shoes, ankles, and the hard, dirty soles of his feet flashing as he sprinted. He got there before Sam did. Sam skidded down the small embankment after him, already formulating desperate lies, 
none of which took a strong enough hold in his brain to feel true. All he heard was his younger self babble to his brother. Amulet, he's got the pendant. No one else does. It's not. It's not. He couldn't. It's yours. What if it's yours? Young Dean had his fist around his own amulet, as if confirming that it was still physically there. Confirming that there were two of them. The older Dean held up his hands, palms out, moving slow. I can explain. Young and old Dean were identically pale from the biceps down, matching farmer's tans, matching freckles beginning around the elbow, matching amulets too, one missing a ring, one a decade plus too early for his tattoo. Sam reached them and stood next to Dean. He said, take it easy, and nobody looked at him. Young Dean had an arm out across his little brother's chest as if to shield him, but Sammy pushed it down. Bobby said there's only one, he said quickly, staring and furious. When he gave it to me, he said it's handmade. There can't be two. Talk, young Dean barked. He patted his hip for his gun or knife, but he didn't have either, so he settled for taking a step back. If you've got that, then you know me. How? I... There's no world where I give it to you. Aura flashed over his face. What? Am I dead? Not exactly. Dean tried. Not the right thing to say. His younger self's eyes got huge. Look, it's complicated. You're going to have to trust us. The kid shook his head. He took a step back into Sammy, one hand reaching out blindly to guide him back up the slope. No, if you've got that, something happened to me, because I wouldn't give it to anyone. Sam gave me that. I know he did. Would you just... See? You know. There's something you're not... The younger Sam grabbed his brother's arm. He was staring, unblinking, at the older Dean's face, his eyes big and serious. Dean. Young Dean said. Tell us who you are right now. I'm serious. No more bullshit. No later. No. Sam again, pulling on his arm. Dean. Dean. Look. Sam saw his younger self's face. His eyes huge now. Hand scrabbling against Dean's arm and the way he was just babbling to say it. And he knew the jig was up. Look. Sammy said again almost breathless with excitement. Dean, look at his face. They'd been moving all day yesterday, spread out and hiking, and they'd been talking, but the similarity was easily missed. The freckles, the shape of his nose, the leafy green eyes that Sam had never really seen on anyone else. Easy to miss until you looked for it, and the boys were looking now. Sam watched as the younger Dean searched the older Dean's face, scrunched, angry, frowning, and then slack with shock as it all came together. He swallowed loudly and shook his head. No way. That's not. No. You're not. Dean looked briefly at Sam, panicked, and Sam gave him a helpless shrug. Dean sighed. He held his hands up to the kids, then reached into the pocket of his jeans 
and took out the ring he'd hidden there the day before last. He held it up so they could see it, then put it on. Told you it was complicated, he said, wiggling his fingers. Nobody moved for a long beat. Sammy's hand went soft on his brother's arm. He said, almost reverently, Oh, shit. Dean pressed his mouth into a line, awkward. He brought his hands down and spun his ring around his finger with his thumb. The younger Dean stared and stared and stared, mouth open. You're kidding me. He croaked. It'd be a pretty fucked up joke. Sammy let go of one Dean and stepped up to the other, peering up into his face. How are you here? Why didn't you tell us? Dean had to tip his chin to his chest to look down at him. Yeah, we, um, thought it'd be easier to not do this, but life's a bitch. We. Sam was still hovering next to them, unnoticed while they all stared at Dean. He waited for the other shoe to drop. Three. Two. One. The younger Dean's eyes slid off his older self and onto Sam. Sam gave him an apologetic grimace smile and raised his hand in greeting. The kid practically cracked in two. No. His voice was hoarse, full of horror and awe. Young Sam gasped loudly. No fucking way. He stepped right into Sam's space and stared up at him with this giddy, wild-eyed look. Sam had no idea what to say to him. Hi, he tried. It was the only thing he could think of. So he pointed to the mole next to his nose, which was also on the other Sam. See? It was an easy sell after Dean. Who else would Dean be with, if not Sam? The kid touched his own face and looked all over Sam, mentally matching. A massive smile bloomed on his face. You're big. Behind him, Dean made a choking noise. The younger Dean, who was already pretty well acquainted with how big Sam was. Sam looked up to find the kid's eyes on him again, and he was so red. Sam tried to give him an it's okay look he was absolutely gone. How? The older Dean said. Later. We can talk walking, all right? Let's just pack up. We're burning daylight. Young Dean just kept looking at Sam, helpless and horrified. Sam wanted to say something to make it better, later when they were alone. But if the kid was anything like Dean, and he had to be, he'd skin him alive if he tried to talk to him about it he might physically burst into flames. The younger Dean turned to leave him with a hand on Sammy's back to steer him along, but Sammy dug his heels in and spun around to face the older brothers. Wait, no, tell us what's going on. There's no later, we're not gonna... Okay, okay. Dean looked back at Sam, got a nod of agreement, and ushered the kids up the slope to the camp. We didn't lie before. We don't know why we're here. We just woke up in the woods behind your place. They went back up to the camp and started pulling stuff out of their tent, packing up. 
Sam listened to Dean tell the kids sparing details about what they knew. Nothing about their lives, but enough about how they got there and their beer with John. Nothing about the angels. Sam went over his old memories again. Was sitting out with Dean, alone, with nothing more than Dean's backpack and a grocery bag full of snacks. The heat rash on the back of his hands and the delirious trek back down the mountain. He still remembered all that, but the kids in front of him wouldn't. It was a split timeline he didn't understand. They set off for the day through the forest. They still walked in pairs, but now it was Sam with Sam in the front and Dean with Dean behind. This is crazy, little Sam said for the 40th time. He was staring up at Big Sam, virtually unblinking. When do we get tall? He slipped into we remarkably easily. Sam laughed. I don't know, 20, I guess. When do we get taller than Dean? 16. Both Deans from behind. Shut up. Wow, Sammy said, also for the 40th time. Wow, this is so sick. Teen Dean groaned. Sammy, if I've got to listen to this shit all day, I swear to God. Sammy walked backwards and gestured grandly at Sam. Look at me. I'm huge. I'm aware, little Dean said. Snippy. He went to say something else, but Big Dean cut him off. I'm ready to stop fawning over Mount Sam whenever you two are. Like, super ready. It's not. Shut up. Now that you know who we are, I don't have to be nice to you anymore. Shut up. Dean chuckled. Wow, that feels great. Who needs therapy now? Sam said. Still definitely you. I just, wow. Sammy hadn't stopped looking at him. There's so much I want to ask you. I told you, we can't go there. We don't know how this thing works or why we're here. I don't know what telling you about your own future is going to do. Are you getting new memories as you change the past? Like, do you remember being us now and seeing you? Or how the hunt goes? No, Sam said slowly. Still the original memories. That's good, Sammy insisted. That means you're not changing anything. That probably means you can tell us whatever you want and it won't mess anything up. He was walking noticeably closer to him. Sam veered away. It's a bad idea. Sammy ignored him. You're still a hunter. You guys hunt together? Look, where's dad? Do you hunt with dad? Do you always hunt? From behind them, the younger Dean said, Do you always share a bed? It was followed by a loud slap as he got smacked in the back of the head. Dean said, You're only dunking on yourself. You grow up to be a 30-year-old guy who sleeps with his brother. You proud of yourself? Humiliated, actually. You look old as fuck, too. There's no way you're only 30. Stress is a bitch. Keep laughing. You're gonna find out. Knock it off, Sam interrupted, louder. Their pace had slowed since they started arguing. Water break. No one had been hungry for their breakfast rations, which wasn't a good sign. 
Dean set an alarm on his watch after that to remind them to eat and drink, but Sam had them stopping more often than that. We're getting into drought, Sam said. We eat and drink at regular intervals, no exceptions. Nobody argued. They were standing under a copse of pines, grateful for the shade, each drinking from his big metal water bottle with looks of displeasure, even though it was hot as hell. Young Sam asked, Did we bring enough water? We've got that extra jug, but... Sam said, There's a creek that goes up the mountain. We can refill there. We should be able to follow it all the way up. Young Dean was looking up at him again. He wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. So that was a cover about you being in the mountain town. You're us, and that's why you know. What circle did you get to before turning back? Dean answered before Sam could. Just drought. He said it kind of fast. We didn't notice about not drinking water. Sammy had this, this heat rash all over his neck and hands. He passed out. So you just abandoned the hunt? It wasn't totally judgmental, but Dean snapped at him anyway. He wouldn't wake up. When I got him back, he was on fluids at the hospital for days. He looked at the young Sam. Not your fault. We both fucked up. Sammy said, I would have made it back down to the mountain by myself. You could have left me behind. Both Deans made remarkably similar how dare you faces at him. The older one spoke first. Not an option. They stopped to rest during the hottest part of the day. The boys were sitting under a tree on a blanket, mumbling with their heads bent towards each other. Sam was under another tree some ways away. He leaned back on an elbow and rested his eyes, and every so often he'd catch one boy or the other looking at him. More often Dean, but sometimes Sam. His Dean sat heavily next to him, holding a hand-sized chunk of wood. Sam nodded at it. What's that for? Whittling. It made him smile. He liked to find small pleasures in a hunt, and this one felt like a dream. Napping under a big tree in the California wilderness, the shik shik sound of Dean whittling next to him. No pressures, no apocalypse, no Lucifer rising. Dean was whittling. What you making? Sam asked. Don't know yet. Sam opened his eyes, not sure when he closed them. The boys had laid down in their blanket and were sleeping or resting, laying on their sides facing each other, all tangled up. Sam had his face in Dean's chest and an arm thrown over his side. Dean had his arm folded around Sam's neck and a hand on top of his head, kind of like a headlock. It was weird but sweet to see. John used to give them shit for it, but it was just a habit, one they eventually grew out of. Kind of. Sam stuck out his foot and tapped Dean's knee. Hey. He nodded towards the boys. Dean scowled and called out to them. Hey, none of that. Leave room for Jesus. Shh, they're sleeping. It's fine. Dean just stared at them. Little Sam turned his head to burrow further into Dean's chest, twisting into the space between him and the blanket so only the back of his head was visible. 
We never slept like that. Dean said eventually. We did too. You don't remember? Sam nudged him again, trying for playful. You grew up sleeping in my crib, dude. It messed you up. Me? Okay, it messed me up too. Damn straight. Dean was quiet for a long time. The sound of his whittling didn't start up again. We are so weird. That's one way to put it. We still sleep like that. Dean kicked his ankle just lightly and grumbled. It's different. You're behind me. Whatever makes you feel better. Shut up. You're the one doing the spooning. You're the one letting me. That was the most they'd ever talked about it. Sam felt a little better about it, looking at the boys under the tree, because it made it feel more like a return to form. Not a thing he'd started doing in some pathetic, subconscious attempt to get closer to a brother that wanted to pull away from him. Just par for the course. Dean's foot was still resting against his ankle after the kick. It felt like a peace offering. Sam said, Nap, you're going to regret staying up. Shk, shk. I'm keeping watch. For what? Dunno yet. Shk. Go to sleep. Sam gave in and dozed off for a while with his head on his folded arm. He heard Dean get up to grab something, and when he sat back down later, he put his foot against Sam's calf again. Dean took over being a drill sergeant about drinking water. They forgot to bring sunscreen, which didn't stop everyone but the younger Dean from taking their shirts off. We didn't break the ozone layer till 2000 at the earliest, Dean argued. This son is a pansy. He was still the most burnt by midday, pink-red across his shoulders in a way Sam knew from historical data would fade to something of a tan, but would mostly just freckle. The ground had gotten craggy and bouldered, trees coming sparser with the change in elevation. Sam was up front with young Dean, the other two behind. Little Sam kicked the back of his brother's knee as they walked and said, I can smell your stink from here, weirdo. Just take it off. The younger Dean's black t-shirt was blacker with sweat and his hair was flat and wet. He glanced up at the older Sam, who was clearly listening. I don't do shorts and I don't do skins. This isn't beach volleyball. Do you wear jeans in the pool? Sam teased. No, there are chicks at pools. Sammy kicked him from behind again. You're so stupid. Get over yourself. Sam glanced back at Sammy and his pale little chest, the wings of his collarbones like a couple of knives, and was vaguely proud of himself for taking his shirt off. He knew that kid didn't like his body, but he also didn't think much of it. He remembered not really looking in the mirror ever, and he didn't pick his clothes or haircuts. At 13, Sam was an idea. He was aware that he was skinny and young and probably not attractive, but it didn't mean much because he'd never been attractive. Being attractive was a thing that happened to people in movies, and Dean. Sam glanced down at the sweaty, shirted Dean next to him and caught him looking at his bare chest. Again, his eyes snapped forwards the second he knew he'd been seen. 
it was probably the fourth or fifth time they'd had that exchange since Sam took his shirt off. He thought about what Dean said, the alpha male thing, sizing him up. He wanted to push his buttons, and he wasn't sure if it was good-natured or annoyed. What? He asked the younger Dean. What? You need something? The kid, predictably, looked mortified. He hid it by wiping sweat from his face. What? No. Whatever. Just wipe, wipe. What's with the matching tattoos? Sam looked over his shoulder at Dean behind him. His chest was going pink and red in welts under the straps of his giant backpack. He made a questioning face, and Dean shrugged in response. All right. Sam said, They're wards. Magic stuff. Warding against what? Sam looked back at Dean again. Dean answered for him. Bad stuff. Stop asking questions. Young Dean turned around and looked at his older self, squinty and judgmental. Did you have to get them in the same spot? That was a stylistic choice. Sam tried to remember the decision that went into putting them on their chests, matching like that. The only conversation was that they ruled out any limbs, incentive to cut them off, Dean said, and felt that the upper chest was a pretty regular place to get ink. If Sam considered getting it in a different spot than Dean, he didn't remember it. Young Dean went, huh, and left it at that. Sam knew he wasn't actually interested in the tattoos. It was just an excuse to cover up his leering. The leering that his older self insisted he wasn't doing and was insulted by the sheer suggestion of. It was uncomfortable, but also tense and clandestine in a way Sam didn't know how to place, to have the two deans not in agreement. He thought it would stop after he learned who he was and that it hadn't was complicated. He only caught him doing it once more after that, which felt like a win. It was too hot to put his shirt back on. They hiked the rest of the day up steeper and steeper terrain, baking in the sun, the slopes still scattered with enough trees that they could move from one stand to another to stay cool. They stopped and ate and drank when the alarm on Dean's watch went off, but none of them actually felt like it. Dean gave Sammy his watch and he examined its features for 20 full minutes while they talked. Teen Dean went quiet. Sam was sweating too much to focus on anything else. They kept walking until it started to get dark, to use the last of the light for setting up camp. Once they found a flat enough spot, covered in scrubby grasses and ringed with trees, they put up their tents, limbs like rubber after the exhausting day. Dean was crouched by their packs with a flashlight in hand to embolden the last rays of sun, talking to the younger Sam about snare traps. You gotta go out and find the right sapling, though. Trim it down. You got a knife? Duh. Take the cord and, you know the knot, for a bait stick snare? I, yes. They hadn't caught, skinned, and cleaned anything in a long while. And it wasn't something you forgot, but it was a far cry from diner coffee and plastic-wrapped danishes. It would be a spectacle if they caught anything, and better than the shitty rations and canned goods they had so far.
Dean said, You definitely know. Dad taught us on that. I don't remember which hunt, but he did. And you know. Here, give me that. Dean fell into us the way the little Sam fell into we. Sam watched them together, so sweet and strange, bickering over their small shared task. Sam always felt like he was better with teenagers than younger kids because his gawky adolescence felt like it lasted a lifetime. Dean, on the other hand, went straight from four to forty. He was sweet with kids because he raised one. That specific one, in fact. The younger Dean had been gone for a while. Sam wasn't sure how long. The Dean here patted Sammy on the shoulder as they got to their feet. Attaboy. Don't come back till it's set. Maybe we don't feel hungry, but you're going to want a real breakfast. Little Sam ran off into the woods. Sam wandered towards Dean as he bent to brush the dirt off his jeans. Where's Minnie U? Dean flipped the flashlight around and moved his mouth to one side. Jerking off? What? He's got five free minutes. He's probably jerking off somewhere. Dean rummaged around in his pack again. Sam stared down at him. We're not in the desire phase yet, right? Nah, but he's me, and he's 17. I didn't do much else. Sam watched Dean as he kept looking for something in his pack. He thought about the younger Dean's constant stares and the twitchiness he didn't notice his first time through their adolescence. Is he a virgin? He asked. Dean laughed. He came up out of his pack with the block of wood he'd been whittling. One side had taken on a concave shape under the onslaught of his knife. You're so weird, man. Uh. Dean wiped sweat from his face. Yeah, I think so. Sometime this year. Sam whistled. Wow, an unsullied Dean. What a relic. Yeah. No wonder he's such a little bitch. Seventeen seems late for you. Nah, I got a lot of head. Dean went over to the center of their small site and started kicking out a clear spot for a fire. He propped his flashlight up on a rock to try to light the space. Dad put the fear of God into me about knocking some chick up. You don't remember? I didn't put it in till I was almost eighteen. Sam hadn't gotten the same talks which he was vaguely insulted by in retrospect. Wow. Hey, don't feel too bad for me. I made up for lost time. Dean sat, took out his pocket knife, and started whittling in slow, careful strokes, the curl of his fingers around the back of the wood. Shk, shk. A silent, polite signal of the end of a conversation. Sam found his razor in his pack. Their razor. There was no sense in being precious about it when they had to pack light. And a cheap, squeaky bar of soap. They'd been following the creek the whole way, and by now it was just a pathetic trickle coming down from the mountaintop, practically evaporating on the hot rocks as it passed by. But it was enough for a pit wash and a shave. The dusk made everything look navy blue. No shadows, flat and indistinct. Sam sat next to it, wet his face, and started to shave. He was far enough from their camp that he couldn't hear Dean's knife or the sounds of his younger self testing his snare trap, just the drip of the creek 
and the rasp of the straight razor against his cheek. He started under his cheekbone. It was only a few days' growth, but with all the sweat and heat, he wanted to be clean-shaven. Dean was due, too. He'd seen him scratching at his growing scruff of stubble. Speaking of which, a pair of dirty chucks appeared next to his knee. The wrong Dean, but a Dean regardless. Sam didn't look up, didn't say anything. Dean crouched next to him and gathered water in his cupped hands, then splashed it on his face. Ugh, it's not even cold. Yeah, not really. He still took another handful of water and rubbed it over the back of his neck. Sam kept shaving and watched as the kid's palm came away brown and a clean, freckled swipe of skin appeared in its path. The line between his sunburnt nape and the skin below the collar of his shirt was sharp, pink, and white. Just to say something, Sam asked. Do you shave yet? Dean shook his head. Insane thing to ask a kid. He stayed crouched by the creek for a while more as Sam kept shaving, careful and methodical. It was his own brother, and Sam still didn't know what to say to the guy. He watched him out of the corner of his eye when he moved as he cupped water in his hands, drank some, and put some more in his face. When Sam was nearly done shaving, Dean sat down next to him a few feet away on the rocky shore. Sorry for... He stopped, like he was rethinking the apology altogether. It didn't matter. Sam knew what he meant. He'd save him the anguish of saying sorry for checking you out. Don't worry about it. He didn't need to rub the kid's nose in how messed up it was. It was hormones, a harmless byproduct of time travel weirdness. So maybe Dean liked guys. So what? The younger Dean might have been just as likely to make eyes at himself when they first met. It was just bad luck that it had been Sam. But the older Dean nearly bit his head off when he brought it up, and he was 30. A 17-year-old would straight up perish. Sam was surprised he was talking about it at all. It's just... so... so weird. Dean said, kind of hushed, like he was telling a secret. You don't look like Sam. Like my Sam, I mean. But you do. I can tell it's you. It's just insane. Totally fucking crazy. Like he got twice my age overnight. I'm only 26. Sam carefully ran the razor down his cheek, following with his fingers. But yeah. It wasn't a great shave with just soap and water, but it was far from his worst. He cleaned up a few missed spots, mostly to have something to do with his hands. Dean didn't seem like he was done yet. I'm kind of an asshole, Dean said finally. You're me, I mean. Sam laughed. He's not. You're not. You just, um, have problems with you, you know? Great. Good to know I don't get over that. There was tension crackling in the air, and Sam didn't know why. God, he wasn't good with kids. He took a stab in the dark. You always do what you think is right. You're not actually always right, but you try. He paused. 
you're a good brother, if that's what you're wondering. Dean didn't say anything. Sam looked over at him and thought, You die for him. You go to hell for him. God, you're just a kid. It almost made him choke up. He tried to imagine how different his relationship with Dean would have been growing up if he knew Dean would sell his soul for him someday. It would have been harder to tie his shoelaces together and prank him with hex bags, if nothing else. So, you still hunt with me? Dean asked. His voice was so soft and tender that Sam looked away, like he needed privacy. He watched the pathetic creak instead. He wanted to tell him that he couldn't say. It would be so much safer to keep a lid on it. But he sounded so hopeful. Pretty much, he said. Is dad with us? He hesitated. Uh, point blank, he couldn't answer. God only knew what Dean made of that, but he was quiet for a while. He scuffed his sneakers in the dirt. Sammy's been talking about school lately. Kind of a lot. Sam sighed. He was about the right age. He remembered Dean's confused support back then. So torn between, you can be anything you want, and, but you want to be a hunter, right? It hadn't been helpful. It ate him up inside back then. It still did. Sounds about right, he said. Another long silence. That part of talking to Dean hadn't changed. How long it took him to figure out what he wanted to say, and how to say it without saying anything at all. Dean asked, Do you go? At some point? I shouldn't tell you that. That's a yes, isn't it? Sam blew out a frustrated breath and leaned back on his hands. You're so annoying, dude. Dean laughed, but not like it was funny. You sound just like him. Well, I would. Dean dragged the heel of his sneaker back and forth in the sandy dirt, fidgeting. He seemed nervous, and Sam was willing to wait if he had something to say. Sam picked up a smooth stone from the ground near his hip and weighed it in his hands. It was warm from the sun. Dean said, But you still hunt with him. Me. Whatever. If you left, you came back. Sam couldn't bring himself to tell the whole truth. He nodded slowly and turned the stone over in his fingers. I'm here, aren't I? Dean was quiet for a long time after that, too close next to him to see his face. That was probably for the best. He had a feeling it would eviscerate him. Pebbles skittered down into the creek from under them as Dean shifted. Sam thought he was going to get up so he put his hands behind him to follow. But Dean wasn't getting up. A surprisingly soft hand touched Sam's cheek. Soft pressure to turn his face to the side. Full lips crushed against his. Dean kissed him. Pure, unfiltered shock took his brain offline. His eyes were open, and he could see Dean's blurry, freckled cheek. His nose pressed along his own, long dark lashes, the boyish smell of his deodorant. 
Two long seconds passed, and lips slid dry against his, taking a shallow, shaking breath, pressing in closer so carefully, shy. Sam grabbed both his arms and wrenched him back. Dean looked stunned, tense, and frozen. His hand hung in the air, where it had been on Sam's face. What? Sam's tongue felt thick and useless in his mouth, stumbling. His heart was beating so hard it felt like a hammer. He was gripping Dean's arms tighter than he should have. What was that? Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I thought... Sam gave him a forceful shake. His fingers dug all the way in. Look, fuck, I... I know this is insane, but you've got to believe me. I'm Sam. I'm your brother. I'm Sam. Dean's eyes were huge. His pupils were huge. His mouth was open and breathing. Sam noticed, too late, that he was looking at his mouth. I know. Dean said, so fucking wrecked, and kissed him again. His lips hit Sam's and it was only the life-altering shock, horror, bad, wrong of it that made Sam freeze up. Shock, like a bomb going off in his head and screaming through his whole body. Sam flung him to the ground. Dean fell back and caught himself with a hand, and he looked so small, crumpled on the bank of the creek like that. Sam was scrambling to his feet just to, he didn't know, get back, get away, just get. Dean fumbled his way to standing, holding his hands out as if to show, see, look, not gonna hurt you. I'm sorry, I'm so fucking sorry, I just, what are you doing? Sam knew there had to be some misunderstanding. He just had to ask and Dean would fix it. There had to be some explanation he couldn't see. Dean didn't fix it. Dean looked crazy, panicky, and sweaty and pale. I just, I can't help it. I've been going nuts. I can't handle this. You're him, but you're so... You look just like him, but you're older, and I'm freaking the fuck out. I can't. Fuck. I don't want this. His voice cracked. It took Sam a second to wade through all that. And when he did, he took a giant step back. Oh. God. I'm sorry. Dean said again, a broken record. Sam had never heard him apologize so much in his life. Sammy, I'm sorry. Sam played it back over and over again in his head. You're him. You're older. I can't help it. I don't want this. You're him. You're older. You're him. You're older. And ran out of other explanations. Then... He just ran.